All right, we're going to get started. The um, topic today, if you're part of a, a family that has more than one child, uh, is probably relevant to you. And it's not just a family topic, it actually uh, has halachic ramifications as well. Of course, not only halach, how you deal with in your family, but there have been Dine Teira and Piskei Dinim uh, surrounding this issue. And uh, it's an issue that you hear about at a very young age. Uh, and yet, I don't know if there's a, a, a clear understanding of how this principle should develop. Meaning, we all know, uh, and, and we're going to keep it simple, we're not going to talk about the other dinam, which is stepmothers and stepfathers, which is also a related topic. It's related, we'll talk about it insofar as it relates to uh, the older brother. Right? The cover that you have to have for your older brother. Okay. And is it the oldest brother? Again, there's a, there's a number of points which many of you can probably think about right now. First of all, uh, what is that? Where does where, where does it stem? And secondly, is it the Bahar? Is it the oldest brother? Is it any any of the older brothers? Um, and and really, what does it mean after? Uh, as I said, what does it mean after? As, as you get older. Now, in the blurb, if you want to see the way we uh, described it, it should be, uh, it should be a, a something but it, for anybody here. But many of us are in this situation. As you can see, the, what happens as sibling age and parents pass on? Now, even if the parents haven't passed on, I mean, that's going to be a difference here halachically. But clearly there are many people who have, who grow, their parents have passed on, and yet there's still that birth order dynamic. Many of us sometimes feel that we're sort of trapped in it. It's like we, we're our own adults, and yet then when we meet our we meet our brothers and sisters, somehow uh, we there's almost a, de- a devolving back into the way we go back and snipe and we, we regurgitate some of the stuff of the past. Halakhically, again, how, how does that childhood respect recalibrate? Um, and that's part of some of the <laughs> saw the the video that we had. Um, so, with his demands for COVID, uh, can the older brother smother? Meaning, you have a uh, uh, sometimes the older brother assumes right. You have to make me. There's a, a mitzvah to, to honor me, and even if the father and mother are gone, does he have a right to do that? Uh, does it turn into, as we said, does it turn into a makas pachar? To turn to the fact that it's almost like the older brothers are trapped. They can't realize that the situation has changed. Well, the younger, know. the younger brother. It's true. When he was a kid, he needed you, and without him, uh, without him, you probably couldn't uh, uh, fasten your pajamas correctly or or do other things. But now that it's thirty, forty years later, you now have homes and houses of your own, and perhaps in a way, you you've outstripped your brother's accomplishments in many ways. Not that you want to uh, rub the salt in his wound, but is can he there? Can he still turn back and? And demand covet from you the same way uh, your your mother and father can. Um, as I said, you know, if, if you remember this mother, we, we had this uh, Mark, we had this mother's brothers on before on the uh, yeah. But uh, as, as we know, that one of the the taglines that um, that Tommy would say was that mom liked you best, right? So here, as we're going to see from the Ramban and the other Rishonim, 
is the reason why after dad passes on that we still have to honor them is because dad, in a way, whether he liked you best, uh, considered this birth order that crucial. So, again, uh, as I said, I hope it's going to be 50 family-friendly minutes. Uh, And we're going to start, really, uh, where things should begin. Uh, See if we can get as much as possible in. Let's start with the the actual Gemara that really begins it all. Again, the Pasuk is the real beginning. We'll start with the Gemara. And it starts, by the way, there's a number of things I'd like to introduce you to. Um, there is a great, I really love this um, outfit. It's called Shifty. Uh, and they send, every couple of weeks, every couple of days, I guess, they send the sugis that they're working on. And throughout America now, they've given these little packets, not so little, there's like 60, 70, 80 pages per packet sometimes. And these are the sugiot. And delineated clearly, and it allows groups to actually not just study Dafyomi or to study uh, Perik, but actually to study a topic. And the Talmud HaKhamim and Shifti have, have developed this, uh, and they've some of them they give you for free, the others are a very nominal fee, the amount of effort, like one, two dollars or whatever it is, and you can get a whole packet and study and make, and they, these groups are rising up around the country. It's like Ikea for Chabur. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The main thing is is that we get to learn. Yeah. And you might oh, disagree great. You might disagree with some of this. I think stuff. it's great. Yeah. I, I've been in them. You've been in the Shifty Chaburs? So again, I, I get their emails and I download all the free ones. I haven't downloaded any of the, I haven't downloaded any ones that cost. They, they give you an introductory offer. So I, I, I really uh, recommend it as a, and, and really even in yeshivas, I think it's a great way for Balabatim and Racham and Yeshiva. Oh, I want to learn that sugya. So they'll give you the 60 pages, they give you most of the key sources, and in a pleasant way. So here's the, this was a sugya that they also developed, but they connected it with grandfathers and older brothers as well. So I'm using their source here, but it's a great source sheet. I, I took a couple of pages out of it. So it starts with the Gomorrah Exuvis, an interesting grisa. And let's just take a look at it. You can see up it's here up on the board. If uh, I can make it a little larger, if uh, we need to. Anyway. Okay, Tana Rabona. Mishas Ptirosi Shalhevi. Oimer Libni Anitzorich. Rebbe was dying. Rebbe had a very difficult disease. Uh, as much of a tzaddik as he was, Clearly, you know, the Gemara implies that he took on uh, Yisurim in order to deal with the Gemara in <coughs> Remember, it implies that Rebbe's Yisurim weren't brought on because of a lack of, it wasn't a punishment for anything he did in his life. But you could just imagine, you know, he was going through terrible pain, terrible gastro uh, pain, and it was not pleasant. And this was the leader of Klal Yisrael in so many ways. So, uh, but he was able to, to, to articulate that he wanted his children. I'm dying. I want you to continue to have Hisaru. And it's like, continue. Be careful about the COVID that your mother uh, deserves, the honor of your mother. Uh, now, it's true. Had it not been a Rebbe, you know, the Gemara is full of, 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 of worries. The Gemara in Ksuvis and other places are worried about how the fathers were worried about the fact that the children would not be honoring the stepmother or the mother, you can see in a minute, the mother afterwards. 
so this was a common thing, but the Gemara the feels it's strange that Rebbe, who's the Godolador, and his children, he needs to be uh, needs to be uh, adjured about this issue. But anyway, this is what he said. He said, "Be careful." Um, and then he also said, the place where I usually sit, and we're going to see that Rashi says it's on Erev Shabbos, I want there to be a candle there indicating that it's, I'm come, it's where I am. And I want the table set. And I want as if there's a plate set for me. And and I want the bed made in her place. Now, you could learn, I learned in simple shot that my bed is going to be made where in her bedroom. In other words, if Rashi and the Shittim Betzis brings Rashi and Madura Rishona, that what it means is, I want that bed beautiful, I want it to be nice sheets, I want it to have uh, flowers, the same way it would be that I'm, he was alive. Remember, he was the richest and most important person in Kal Yisrael, so he wants the royal boudoir to, to look the way it looks. Okay. And then he pointed out who's going to be his pallbearers, that's not really our issue. But the Gemara uh, analyzes this price and says, he's you know, maybe a regular Joe on the street would have to be worried about, oh, they're not going to really honor my kids, my, honor my honor, honor their mom. But th- we're talking about the Godot Ador, that in the sense the Kodosh Ador, you expect his children, you have to tell them, be Nizar and Kibbutz See? I mean, again. So, and then the strange, the more actually quotes the Pusik. Of course, this is really a setup. The, the Pusik is quoted as a setup. You'll see in a minute. The, the, the Mara's um, assumption is, is a very hard one to understand because even if you're the Gadol of Adar, we have, we have this, um, this Mozart thought that a person shouldn't trust himself, all the more so. He shouldn't, he shouldn't trust his kids to do the right thing. Uh, yeah, so, like I, I guess so. I, so, like, what's the Gemara even asking? He wants to be assured of the fact that his children are going to fulfill the mitzvah properly. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a, it's, it's a Talmudic type of question. It's almost like the same way that the Talmud asks so many questions. Pshita, this is straightforward. We don't need the mission to tell us that. We don't need extra phrases. This is the Talmud in its usual path of analysis, which is what it always does. They're treating this like a Mishnah, and it's, it's actually said by the author of the Mishnah. So it makes sense that they're being, say, well, look, you think Rebbe needs to tell his kids? Again, you're right, Svi, but in the Talmudic mindset, it's a, it, it, it's, it's a typical question. So what does the Gemara answer? The Gemara answers that, that even though he said it's your mother, it was really a stepmother. It was his wife, but not their mother. Tamar says, Eisha sav nami daraisi. The tanya kavinis avicha vesimecha, es avicha zu eishas avicha, vesimecha zu balimecha. Now, this is the, this text of the Gemara is very standard in terms of this drasha, wherever it's found. Let's say, just let me explain quickly. Es avicha, there's an extra word es. So who is connected to your father? The, your father's woman that he chose to be his wife. So in a way, that's connected to your father. Esi mecha, zubali mecha. Meaning, who's connected to your mom? Connected to your mom is the husband that she 
has, or, which is not necessarily your father. But then the Gemara adds here, Vav Yisera, L'Rabo Yisesa Chicha HaGadol. Vav Yisera, meaning, Kabe Esa Vich, there's an extra S. So there's an actually an extra S which is used for your stepfather. And then the Vav of the Ve'esi Mecha, according to this Gemara, is the source for this idea of honoring to honor your older brother. If you look at those words, it sounds like the God. Achicha Hagadol doesn't say Achicha Hagadolim or Achim Hagadolim. It says Achicha Hagadol. Now it could be again that that's the way I would assume. Simply, you could understand that to mean whenever you're a younger child, all the brothers on top of you are Achicha Hagadol. You could also understand it that way. From the fact that it says Achicha Hagadol, it sounds like the older brother. Anyway, so what do we, what, in terms of the Gemara, what is the Gemara uh, exp- doing with this? Gemara is saying, well, again, Rebbe's children would also have been uh, careful with this. Why did he have to tell them that? So the Gemara answers, Hani Mile Mechayim, Misaloi, that uh, this is only true while the parent is alive. But after the parent has died, so the Din Kovo doesn't apply. Okay, and Rashi says that clearly. However, it's interesting. If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, you can see it here on the side, Hani Mile Aviv, Aviv. So when Rashi talks about uh, the limitation, the caveat, the limitation of the Kavod, Rashi refers it only to the idea of the stepmother. One can imply that it includes a stepfather, but what Rashi doesn't have to talk about is what was brought in almost incidentally, which was the older brother. It's not 100% a, a clear proof, but one already you could get the impression, and you even wonder what the older brother was being brought in there for anyway. Um, the truth is, is that it actually it is relevant a little bit later in the Gemara, because the Gemara says that Yehuda Hanossi actually had an interesting situation. He had Shimon and Gamliel were his children. And Rebbe actually, as a continuation of his last will, he said that I'm going to say Shimon is going to be the Rosh Hashiva, he's going to be the Chacham, but Gamliel is going to be the Nasi. Gamliel is going to be the Nasi. And then the Gemara points out, again, remember, with Yehuda Hanossi, he sort of had both. He had Torah, Vedul, and Mokamecha. And his children, I'm sure they were both great, but the one who was the brighter one, the one who should really have, and I say bright in terms of being effective at teaching and running the yeshiva, that was the younger brother, that was Shimon, the son of Rebbe, or Shimon, the son of Rebbe. Gamliel, uh, who carried that the, the name of the grandfather, the great-grandfather Gamliel, he was the Nasi, but he was not running the So Rebbe Yudah Nasi actually splits the, what was by him unified, he actually splits it and he says, now, which means if you think about it, although Rashida gets a lot of kavod, a lot of the external respect would go to the older brother who was the less accomplished one in terms of learning. And the Gemara says that Yehuda Nasi actually followed his, one of his descendants, one of his ancestors uh, in, in Malchus that he gives, the Gemara says that by Yehoram uh, after he died, he gave the, uh, the, the Bukhar, he gave the Malchus to his oldest son. 
Meaning that since the Nasi meant the political ruler, there the kavo that would go along with that should go to the older brother, despite the fact that the younger brother was the more accomplished one. So it could be, this is my, me talking, and that's one of the reasons why the Gemara actually inserts the idea of the older brother here, although the issue was about the mom, but eventually it's important to know the Gemara setting up that to know about the older brother is also important. Again, it still leaves us with the issue. It's clear from the Gemara that honoring your older, honoring your step-parents seems to stop after the, your mom or dad passes away. The step-parent doesn't seem to have uh, the covenant. That's why Rebbe had to tell his sons, I want you to go beyond. I want you to do something that maybe you wouldn't have to do from the Torah, but I want to tell you, I still think it's very important. In Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch and Hilchus Kibbet Aim says, you don't have to honor your step-parents after your parent dies, but it's a Dover Hogonu. Talked about Bob Crane a couple of minutes ago. So anyway, the point being, anybody get that? Okay. So somebody mentioned Bob Crane. Anyway, Hogan. Hogan. He was, we know out there, we know he was God's Git Meshigan, but the point is, is that, talk about Hogan, Hogan. Anyway, Hogan. The point is, it's a dumber, Hogan. Okay, the point is, it's a dumber Hogan, it's a dumber the cup out of it, never. Dumber Hogan, who is the shot is, is that it's a dumber Hogan. He doesn't say it's a mitzvah in Shulchan It says it's a dumber Hogan to honor them even after the, the step, after the parent uh, passes away. But what happens in terms of what happened in terms of the older brother? So if you take a look, let's take a look at the Rambam for a second. Um, I have it here, and let's see. And, um, and we welcome back uh, uh, Leon. And, and again, I, I mentioned to you yesterday that uh, we, we all offer you our, our different nechama. Uh, those of us that weren't able to go out uh, uh, personally, and we appreciate again. We're all we, we all learn here together, so we definitely feel a, a connection of Achim to you as a brother in learning. And it's Hashem Shmuel, you have Atzlok and very Chizuv Shmuel to be strong, and your mom should be a Meivutzayshu for us. Um, so if, uh, if we'll take a look here at the Rambam for a second, so. Here's the Rambam in Hilchas. Um, okay, come on. Yeah, all right. So here's the Rambam in uh, Hilchas uh, Mamber. Perak Desvov of Hilchas Mamber. And yeah, let's see where it is. Okay. Everybody up there? Chai Vodam. Takes a second here. There it is. Alright, so the Rambam is possibly the Gemara Exubus. As long as the dad is alive, you have to honor the stepmother. So that's basically clear. But then the Rambam says an interesting thing. So the Rambam quotes the third aspect of the Umar, which is the older brother. And it's interesting, again, on one hand, 
Here, when it comes to the step parents, he says, that's part of the mitzvahs of Kibbet Abbeh. Part of Kibbet Abbeh is honoring even after your mother passes away, Nebuch, and your father picks uh, another wife. So to, 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 to give her the cold shoulder and not be nice to her and to not you know, refuse to respect her, the father considers that an insult to him. That's, a, that's part of the covenant, because this was the woman that he chose. And obviously, he's pained when he sees that his kids don't like uh, the, the stepmom. And the same thing is true uh, with, uh, with, the step, with, the, with the stepfather. But he says after they die, there's no chiyuv. He doesn't mention about being hugged on or anything. But then it says that we did very slightly. So here the Rambam says, seemingly, when it comes to an older brother, there it's like the covenant you have for your father. Right? It doesn't say it's Bakhlaw Kabinovich, it says Yachayev Bikwaid Ochim Agodo Kikwaid Ochim. So the, the simple reading of that Rambam seems to be that it won't go away after your, your, the, the father passes away. Now, on the other hand, he calls it Divrei Soifer. Now, this gets into, uh, uh, you can make 10 shiurim of this, the Rambam's attitude towards mitzvos and droshos, especially, especially about how we reg, how, how we put into uh, words what are the rabbinical laws, how do we refer to them, how are they different than the Torah laws, these are called Medivri Sofrim. So the Raman, on one hand he says it's Medivri Sofrim, but on the other hand, you know, the Raman says Kesef Kedushin is also Medivri Sofrim. So it's, it's something, Divri Sofrim means the rabbis tell us that it's true, but it could be once they told us that it's true, it's also true in perpetuity. It's true even after the father passes away. And that would mean that, uh, and, and, and let's see if this is really uh, accepted by everyone. Again, this is a diuk in the Rambam. I'm not the, oh, I'm not the first person to make it. Uh, and that seems to be the Rambam Shita. As I say in the blurb, the Ramban, I think, uh, is, the Ramban is clearly of two minds, but at the end, he disagrees and says that it's only while the parent is alive. And the Ramban also gives us an explanation of why you would have to honor the older brother. Now let's take a look at the Ramban, and I want to show you actually two Rambans, but we'll start with the um, the more famous one. So this is the Ramban. Now, I'm actually going to skip, I'm going to go back to this one a second. This is the Ramban on the Sefer HaMitzvahs. The Hasogas on the Sefer HaMitzvahs. Again, it's a, I don't want to get into uh, last week when I was getting into talking about uh, Italian printing. Everybody took out their iPhones, so I want to. I don't want to give you too much historical background here. So the, um, yeah, you know what? I don't know if that's such a criticism. Because everything people take out their iPhones, no matter what, you know. So, but but still, I I noticed more taking the iPhones out when I started going into some history. So. Um, but it's very important to know about this book. Uh, the whole idea of, of Tariyak Mitzvos, um, especially as we, we just had the holiday of Shavuos, is became extremely important because uh, Rishonim and 
Gaonim wrote all these great poems about the 613 mitzvahs, and many Svardim and others still do that right before uh, they start davening early in the morning. They go through all the mitzvahs, and, they, and, they, and they, 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 there's all these uh, declarations about them going all, doing all 613. The Rambam uh, knew that his book would be the definitive book on uh, on all Tereshev Alpeh and all really Tereshev Iksav. So the Rambam wrote an introduction to the Mishnah Torah where he describes what I'm counting as a mitzvah, which I'm going to elaborate in my book, Mishnah Torah. So that became a sort of like an adjunct book, which is a fascinating one, where the Rambam goes through all the things. And in the introduction to that, he describes... Uh, his rules for deciding what's a mitzvah and what's not a mitzvah. That's the Sefer mitzvahs. <laughs> now, most of the book, he's shooting his arrows against um, other earlier people who have written poems and books about what are the 613 mitzvahs. Uh, some of them lived 300, 400, 500 years before the Rambam, and the most prominent one is the author of the, of the book, Hilkos Gedolos. It's written the uh, 8th century, um, like I said, three, 400 years before the Rambam, and uh, was either written by Rabbi Shimon Kira or Rabbi Yehuda, it's not clear, it's, it was written by the Gaonim, and it was, it, was a, it was a, everybody knew this because on Shruis they read all the mitzvahs. In, the, in this book, uh, Rabbi Shimon Kira counts the mitzvah as a separate mitzvah, the fear of Talmud HaFam. You have to fear Talmud HaFam. Hashem, that's a separate mitzvah. You not only have to to to, to honor a but you also have to have a sense of awe about a Talmud So the Rambam, the Rambam, the Rambam is not against honoring Talmud Chachamim. What he's against is collecting mitzvahs which aren't mitzvahs. So if you take a look. The, from here, that's about all the introduction. Okay, the Ramban, I have to explain, the Ramban, uh, who made a career really out of writing brilliant, incredible books that seem to be just defending people from before him. The famous, everybody will tell you, the Mohammed's, which is a, a safer the Ramban wrote, the Mohammed Hashem, I'm Fighting the Wars of God, is really a book that defends the, um, the Rift, the Yitzhak Al-Fasi, from Rabbi Levi, the Balamor's criticisms. But, of course, the Mohammed is much more than a defense book. It's actually a book that has some of the most brilliant, incredible ideas that have ever been said about the Talmud, but it's all couched in the form of, I'm defending the Rish. I'm defending Rabbi Al-Fasi. Similarly, this book, which was, I'm defending all these earlier people that the Rambam is knocking down, but he's really writing his own version of uh, of what mitzvah should be as well. That's the Ramban Sefer Hasogis on, on the Ramban. On the Ramban. So um, the, the famous uh, uh, late Rishon, uh, Rav Shimon Ben Semach Duran, the Rashbats, in the Sefer Zayar says, if you want to know from me how to become a Talmud Chacham, study this book. Study the Rambam and the Ramban. Study the Ramban Sefer Mitzvah Hasogis. If you study this book, and you learn it well, you'll end up, after you learn it, a person who really knows almost everything you need to know, and, and you'll learn how to think as well. So this is a great book. 
uh, it's the Hasogas Ramban, Hasogas the Sefer Mitzvahs. So let's uh, on the Rambam. So let's see what he says. First, he quotes the Rambam, and he says, "Okay, well, what's going on with the Bahag? How can you count as Hashem Lokecha Tira? You shouldn't, because if you do, and here he gets to this point." This is the Rambam talking. <laughs> he doesn't. He counts fearing Talmidei Chachamim, but he doesn't count uh, the honor you have to have for your step parents. And then he also mentions He doesn't count honoring your older brother as a mitzvah. We know you have to honor them. Now again, let me step back for five seconds. The Rambam says just because it's in an extra word or it's in an extra phrase doesn't mean it's a mitzvah. Sometimes the rabbis are trying to make an asmach. Sometimes the rabbis want an idea to be true and they'll quote a pasuk. That's what the Rambam says. He just And he says the fact that it, there's a, an S or a vav and saying this should be done doesn't mean you count it as a mitzvah. So the um, the Rambam quotes the Gemara Exodus. I want to show you a very subtle difference between the way I read it before. Those of you that have been paying attention will see that the Rambam's version of the Gemara is different than ours. We have First one is Esavicha's stepmother. Esimecha is stepfather. Esimecha is Farachicha That's the gears of the, of the Dark Suvis and 10 or 15 other sources that, that, that have to say Nusach. The Rambam and other Yemenite sources and other obscure Midrashic sources that I found have a different girsa in the Gemara and in Chazal that say a little bit different. I mean, the very first one is the older brother. And that fits in, of course, with what the Rambam says, that it's Bachlal, the covenant of your father. Because he says, the very first rush is, is about your the older brother. Look at this. Your father means your stepfather. Instead of <laughs> instead of your father means the one that he honors, which is the mother. It's a typo, no? What? It'll be a typo. It's not a typo. That shouldn't be S of Mecha, the Rabbi Spalimecha? Again, if you look at all the Nisqayas of the Sefer Amitzvah, that's the way he has it. He's making two, two drushes from the same Esavicho? Anyway, you look at like, uh, uh, No, right. one is Esavicho, one is Esavicho. Right, and one is above. Whereas here, he doesn't even have the book. The Esavicho, the Rabbi Esavicho. So the way I understand it is actually the Rabbi is the Duke and the Gemara of Yossi. Because what did Rebbe say? He saru bekodim chem. Right? That's your mom. In other words, when it says, she becomes your mom. When your dad chooses this woman as his wife, so that's 
hard to, you might think, no, it's only the biological one. You're not my mother. You're not my mother. Get out of here. Right? You've seen that in every ridiculous soap opera and ridiculous, right? You're not really my mother. I want my real mother. No. Right? Right? Especially, let's say, later, later the, 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 the wife dies at a young age, a new uh, woman comes in. So tell us, so the kids were five or six years old when the mom came in, when the stepmom came in. So Chazal is saying, that's also Imecha. Right? That's also Imecha. It's also just a, a practical thing. It could be that the reason it's related to the other parent, right? It says, Esa Imecha, to include stepmother. It could be just to, you know, because you're really, when you're respecting your stepmother, you're helping keep your father's new marriage stable. Because if you're sitting there that's talking the other parent, that's, that's not good for a marriage. Yehuda, that's the Nusach that we have in our Kabbalah. That's the Nusach that we have in our Kabbalah. That the, by honoring your stepmother, you're honoring your dad. And that's why it, 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 it eliminates logically when your dad dies. Right? But the Rambam himself, and again, you know, you'll see, you know, I, I say this because this is Kapach's version as well. Kapach was very, Yosef Kapach, who was the expert in the Rambam and all and things Arabic, uh, had an Arabic Ksaviyad, uh, and this is from his translation. And in all the other translations, say for mitzvahs I checked, it's all this way. So, again, it's unusual, but I think the idea comes out that Avicho Rabbis Bali Mecha. She becomes like your mom. It's Meduik and the Gemara. He's Arab Kodim Chem. Right? So his question on the Bahad, though, which is really not really our point, but hey, what here it tells us that Shemalat Kachor Rabbis Tabinah Chachamim. So Mr. Bahad, whoever you are, whoever's the author, whoever the author of that old Sefer, why didn't you also add these other mitzvahs? That's the, that's the Rambam's question on the Bahad. So let's take a look at the Ramban's answer. So, this is... Okay, he says it's a good question. <laughs> but, okay, so let's get to... He doesn't. He feels that the question is a very powerful and, and a question that could actually overturn things. But here, here comes the... Um, First of all, he says, why don't you count it? You know, he says, he, the Ramban says, you're the one that says, the Torah, they say it's Daraisa, so it should be counted. Okay, now, let's go, but what's his answer for the Baha'i? Here's his answer. Right here. I'm going to explain the Baha'i. Gemara says, mm-hmm. I don't have to honor my stepfather or stepmother because of her herself. It's a covet to or stepfather, it's a covet to the mother. As far as that person individually, I don't really have anything to, the Ramban says. It's all about the parent who chose them. Nimza. So that's true. You can't have a time on the Baha'i they didn't add a mitzvah. Shalom is kind of a mitzvah yisero kavod ha'olos. It's not like there's a new mitzvah called honoring your stepfather or stepmother. This is part of what you were saying. You might have thought kavod just means help them out of the chair, pour the V8 when they wanted, make the scrambled eggs, whatever it is. But here we're saying 
This is also covered. It's mental. It's you know what they're about. You know that it's emotionally important for them. That's what we're learning from here. We're not really learning a new mitzvah. We're learning how expansive the mitzvah of Kibbutz is. Now, but on the older brother, the Ramban himself knows it's not so simple. I'm not sure he says. Could be the Rishonim before the before the Rambam, meaning the Bahag and the others who didn't count it as a mitzvah. Why wouldn't they? Well, it could be they felt that it's also the same as a stepmother. That if there's only a mitzvah as long as she's as the husband's alive, there's only a mitzvah to honor a, a, a brother as long as the father is alive. Not like what we saw from the Rambam. Why? What would be the reason? Well, think about it. What's the Lafisha who She is Basu told they saw. While they're alive, they can't take it that there's a sense of of belittling their child. Now the Ramban is not making a value judgment, but he's actually making a sociological observation. That that's the way parents are. Maybe they're not that way anymore. But they definitely were in the sense that the father thought that the oldest child deserves honor. And he doesn't want any outsiders or any insiders in the family to dismiss the significance of that oldest child. And they're upset about it a lot. Umina kola notion. Again, the Ramban is writing this you know, in the 13th century, reflective of what he feels is the attitude of the, the, the universal attitude. Maybe we've changed. Meaning, that's what parents do. Parents say, listen to your older brother. I don't care. I don't care if he's mean to you. He's your older brother. You gotta listen to him. No, you gotta listen to your older brother. Respect your older brother now. Respect him. Right? That's what they do. They, they, they actually get aggressive against the younger ones and say, you listen to him. Well, you're not listening. Well, he's mean to me. Well, he did to me. Well, he, he hates me. I don't care. He's your older brother. You have to respect Okay? So that is what he's talking about here. That's the minah. Well, if that's the minah, you're not going to change that. You're not going to... That's society. That's the way you know your dad is. So that's the reason why you have to honor the brother because you know your dad's going to be upset that you're not doing it. And then the Ramban says, Nira, he says, now this is all the Ramban which he does say. The Ramban has argued or So he says, well, it's from above, right? How can above be stronger than the actual word itself? The Gemara says, Es Avicha. Again, based on the Gemara, Es Avicha is stepmom. And we know that the stepmom, there's no deep covet after he dies. So how can above be stronger than an S? He says, it can't be. You can't say that with a vav, which only comes in, what is a little vav got it in? So you're going to tell me that the older brother is, is a bigger cover than, than the stepmom? Which is the S itself. Okay, so that would mean clearly you don't have to honor after dad or mom pass away. Okay, listen. That was the rule then. They're gone now. Let's go back to reality. Reality here, you're a jerk. 
Okay? Now, you're just an aggressive, overbearing guy who thinks he knows stuff. Okay, I don't talk to you, okay? Mom and dad are gone, goodbye. That's what the robot is saying. Now, now it could be, ooh, I saw through. Another reason why they might not mention it is because, now again, why does he even need this for? So our salvation and others understand that he's sort of of two minds. Maybe they hold a reason why they don't mention honoring your older brother. Shehain measures vav yisereh in here. It's only a vav. Whenever something comes through a vav, he says there's a whole discussion in here. See a bunch of sources here, Yuma, Yavamas, etc. And we had it in Zvachim also as well. Low dashin and vav. Vav. Can't make a drushin. S is one thing. You can't darshan every vav. Hamnam, he says, also, there's another reason why you're not going to count it as a mitzvah, and that's because, and then he gets into a third reason, because you don't count Ava'em as two mitzvahs, so even though you want to say it would have said in the Pusik, and honor your older brother too, it, it can't be counted more than once. That's the third point of the Ramban. The Ramban says, we know that keeping Ava'em is all one mitzvah, even though there's two different people. So, therefore, even if you want to say it's somehow not part of the dad's kveda, uh, but you're not going to count it as an extra mitzvah, even if it would have said, he wouldn't have counted it. So, Rav Salvechik and others understand, the chidah as well, it sounds like that, that the Ramban was sort of like struggling with this. And that's why he sort of backs it up with those other two, uh, other two arguments. But it seems clear that there's an achlekes between the Rambam and the Ramban, whether you have to honor your older brother after the parents pass away or not. The Rambam seems to say you do, although it's a different cipher. And according to the Ramban, seemingly his, his achro is it's only about the covet of the father. I want to show you what I found, which I thought is a good riot to what I'm saying here, from another Ramban, in Parshas, in Parshas Vayishlach. I have to tell you, I discovered something when I was re- preparing for the shear that I never knew, and I, I blame myself for not knowing this. It's really uh, an amaratzis of someone, you know, does not know this. But the Ramban in Chumash, uh, the parish in Chumash is actually, and I, I knew that there, I knew that, um, that it was written over a, a period, but I didn't know that there's, well, there's a lot of parts of the Ramban that were inserted later. In other words, the Ramban, the parish that we have, is actually a work that he finished when he was over to Eretz Yisrael, and there are sections that we know were not part of his original manuscript, and that he inserted when he came in to Eretz Yisrael. And some of the, and by knowing this, it can sometimes help you understand what was he adding over here? Didn't he just say this before? A lot of times people struggle with the Rabban and Chumash. The Rabban and Chumash is, is, is the girl's version in many seminaries of, of Talmud. That's basically what they work on. So it's a, it's a good tarot to know. This part that the Ramban says here is a combination of what he wrote uh, before Israel and after Israel. So let me just show you quickly uh, this point. Uh, let's see. So this is this is this is what he says um, in the very beginning of Parshas Vayetzei. Um, I'm sorry. Um, what does he say? Yaakov, Yaakov. 
So what he says here is that uh, Ramban is dealing with a problem. That this is what, go say this to my master, to Esau, so says your servant Yaakov. So basically what he says here is that he wants his servants to know that he is subservient to Esau. Call him your Adam. Call Esau your master too. Make sure that you refer to him as my master. Make sure, make sure that these that, that Esau knows that. And therefore, he says, the Ramban, that he himself, uh, Yaakov, when, when he spoke about Esau, he kept on calling Esau my master. Because this way, he's making a point that these guys know that Yaakov is subservient. And they're going to give that impression. That's all he wrote before he came to Israel. <laughs> to explain why he, this part he added when he got there as Israel. He was older. Because look what he speaks to him. He keeps on calling him my master. He wants everyone to know that Esav is the Odom. He doesn't want, right? Because that was the minah. The minah was, even before the Torah was given, for the younger one to give respect to the Bechor as if the Bechor himself was his dad. So Yaakov had taken the bracha and the, and the Bechor, and he knew Yaakov hated him. So therefore, Yaakov shows as if the sale never happened. In other words, I wanna, it's just like it was before, where I honored you. So I'm Medayik here. I don't know if you hold it's a good deal. But my deal here is, it was a minah. This was the minah. This is the same thing Rabbi refers to. This was the ancient minah that the Sawyer treated the Bukhar like he was dead. And that's the reason why Yaakov wants to continue that. But it's not necessarily, and even when he says this is a remiss from the Torah, he's saying the Torah is, 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 is therefore backing up the minah that we know the way parents and families are. That's what he says. The Torah has also told us that's the way you have to act. But again, it's not that inherently the Bukhar according to this way of looking at it, is essentially the father. No, he's not the father, but that was the minah to give him, because maybe the father demanded that, and because of that, that was... You see that? But, but is that a good illustration of this? I mean, Yaakov is in danger, right? Esau comes with fortune. Then, you know, all indications are he's in for a tough time, right? and so he's trying to kiss his... You know, True. Right. This is also not like a healthy relationship you know, I'm sure that there were normal relationships back right, then. Right, right, right. Why he did it, you know, what he was doing was, hey, look, it's just like it was before. In other words, I, I, I'm not really the before. <laughs> and you remember that thing about so Yeah, that was like Kinderspiel. That's something that we did. Yeah, I don't really mean it. That's not really something that I was before. That's not true. He really believes that the, that by buying the before it meant something. But you're right, it's an act by Yaakov. That's true. But the point of the act is to assume the positions that we were beforehand. And his point is that was the standard position. The standard position was to give kavod to the Bukhar. 
But it doesn't mean that it's inherently true. It doesn't mean that it's, it's inherently true. And therefore, what I'm saying here is that the Torah also wasn't necessarily saying, your older brother, he's your father. That's not what the Torah is saying. <laughs> the Torah is saying that since the older brother is treated by your father as if he's something, you have to honor him in order that your dad shouldn't feel upset over that fact. But once once your parent passes on, again, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. Now again, um, uh, Moshe Salavechik, being is quoted by his son, Rabbi Shaber, says that he wants to somehow make a little bit of a difference here in this Mahlogos, the Rambam, and the Rabbah. He wants to say that even according to uh, the Rambam, the idea of honoring your uh, older brother is still an idea of honoring your father. And then the question is, why doesn't it become eliminated after your father passes away? So Salvechik, Rabbi Shabir's father, was the, the Rambam who was Rashiv and Yayu before him, and the head of the yeshiva, Tachkomoni, was called in Marsha. He says, and he was the Briska Rav's younger brother, so Rav Moshe Salavage says like this, he says that, that, <laughs> okay, the reason why you don't have to honor your stepmother is because there, there's no Ishus anymore. Once the, <coughs> once the dad dies, there is no connection. She was the, the wife, but there is no Ishus, but a son is still a son. In other words, re- really, the, 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 the Rambam agrees that the, uh, even though he says that could be like the Ramban. It's about honoring with your father. But a son is the Rambam holds like the Shulchan, like the Gemara says in Kedushan. You have to honor your parents after they pass away as well. How do you honor them? But there's got to be something here when it comes to a, a stepmother. I, it's, there's no mitzvah to honor my, my, my dad by honoring his stepmother because there is no Ishus, there is no wife, there is no connection anymore. She has her memories and stuff like that, but, but there's, no, there's no actual halachic reality of the relationship. Whereas when it comes to a child, a child is still his father's son even afterwards in terms of Yerusha and other things like that. And the halacha in terms of kavod applies. So therefore, it, 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 therefore, you still have to honor the brother, the older brother. He says because it's covered to the father, but it's a din. It's, it's even according to the Rambam. And therefore, even though after he dies, the covenant still applies. That's what Rav Salvechik says in order to actually make this debate a little bit closer. Um, okay, so. In terms of our own situation, again, obviously there's a difference between uh, a bachor, is it interesting to bachor or not? So a younger child in the family, okay, we'll have to leave that, I think, uh, for a different time. Um, one last thing I just want to end with. Um, there is a chuvas harosh, which I just want to show you quickly. Um, it's only take, will take a second. Um, and, and there's nothing personal about it. Uh, if my brother ever gets hold of this, you should know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll show you this quickly. I'll ask you to take off the email list. He's not on it, but you know what? It's out there on the, it's out there in the belt. Take a look. Um, first, this piece, the Rosh, is Machanish, but it's even a, um, the Rosh says it's even a uh, older brother from maternal, uh, a maternal older brother. He says, 
that because it says ve'esimecha, the Rosh Hashitosa with that girsa is ve'esimecha. So if it says you have to honor your mom, so it could be your your mom's. If you have a step, if you have a half brother from your mom. But here's the point: al ach shegodol shechir ubizel ochev shutam v'chocham v'kotani madam. You have an older brother who just just railed into and insulted and, and, and really gave it to his younger brother. And the younger brother says, I'm a I'm putting you in khair. So the question was, is it considered a, a good need? Usually a Talmud Chacham has a right to say, you insulted me? I'm announcing a chayr against you. People don't have anything to do with him until he asks mechilo from me. Here the question is, the Shaila came up to the Rosh. Is it a good neighbor? Because clearly it's not like this guy is going around and, 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 and insulting other Talmudah Chacham. But he got into a fight with his younger brother, and he, the, older bro, the younger brother thought, hey, that's not COVID. I'm putting you in a chayr. So what did the Rosh answer? The Rosh said, Yafa uh, Asino. Did a good job. It was good what the younger brother did. Because even though there might be a din kavod, that you have to honor him like you honor your father, but he doesn't respect the fact that you're a Talmud then he's a person who's really outside of Judaism in a way. So therefore, you don't have a din, you don't have to be machabim. So again, this question I found in four or five or six different places. <coughs> and I think it's reflective of the fact of this type of metach, this type of tension that occurs between kids. They get older, and the older brother, it's hard for him to say, okay, his younger brother is a bigger Tamachacham than him, etc. They're still back in the way they were when they're giving noogies to each other or whatever was going on, and they're still beating each other up. And in the same way, the, 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 the older brother wouldn't have said that to a regular Talmud Chacham, but when it's his brother, all of those passions come out. And therefore, you can see here that these, I think this truth is reflective of this type of, this, this issue that we sometimes have a hard time uh, walking the line. All right, see me to Shem next time. Okay. Huh? You're the older brother. Everybody can the second oldest, you know, contention. Yeah, Kai and Emma. Kai and Emma. Yes, yes. Let me get into the middle child. Yeah, I'm actually the youngest grandchild.